Welcome to Activate Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. For those of you who don't know, I grew up in the, in the Salvos, in the Salvation Army. Who's ever been to a Salvation Army church before? Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a lot of people. I wasn't expecting that. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, well, I grew up in the Salvation Army, and I guess the difference between a Salvation Army church and Activate Church is when you walk in the doors at a Salvation Army church, it's kind of like you go into a time machine. Okay. <laughs> And um, depending on the church, you could either go back two years, five years, ten years, or even 20 years. And the reason I say that is, is you walk in and you see things like a brass band. So today we had like Dale smashing it on the guitar, but in an, at the Salvation Army they have people playing tubers, trumpets, trombones, whatever. Oh, I actually even played a cornet, which is kind of like a squashed trumpet. I wasn't very good at it but my dad made me do it, so... Um, but yeah, it's a little bit different. Even, people even wear uniforms, so they have like ties, slacks, shoes, they have little badges. Um, my mum's not wearing her uniform today, but usually she would be at a Salvation Army church, her church Ringwood, and she would be. And even the songs you sing, they're pretty old. On, uh, on Christmas, um, we went to a, a service, and I was looking around, and I was thinking, what are these songs? And they were really old hymns, and it's quite old school. And I know I'm paying out the Salvation Army, but to be honest, they're an amazing church, and I'm so happy for my upbringing there. And if God can bless Activate Church like he's blessed that church, if we can do as much for people as the Salvation Army has done for people, that would just be awesome. And I hope, and I know that maybe that is our future here at Activate Church. So I grew up in that church, and that was awesome. We moved as a family over to Adelaide, for a while, we spent like three years in Adelaide, and um, that was interesting. <laughs> Adelaide is a little bit different to Melbourne. Um, if I was just going to explain it simply, I'd say that it's just a little bit slower. <laughs> Who, anyone here from Adelaide? Okay, yeah. I spent some time in Adelaide, and it's a little bit slower. Like The traffic moves a little bit slower. Even when you get your L's, the max speed you can go is 80 kilometres an hour. So they like to slow you down. Um, even roadworks and things are a little bit slower, and I guess some could say that maybe the people are a little bit slower. But I, I, I was in year six in Melbourne, and I, I was like middle-of-the-range student, but then we moved over to Adelaide, and all of a sudden I was right up the top. So praise God. That was pretty cool. And, um, <laughs> but, but then... But then we moved back to Melbourne, and the reason we moved back to Melbourne is because there was a new church starting. Um, This church was called Kingdom Life, and we moved back as a family, and mom felt called um, to be involved in this church, and she was the children's pastor at this church, and that church had a name change a bit later on. And that church is now called Activate Church, and that is this church. And I was involved in the youth ministry there, and man, it was good times. Dale up the back, he was involved. He was like one of my leaders, Ruth Holly. Remember that? We're like 15, 16, hanging out. It was cool. Actually, Ruth, she, had a, she used to call me something. She used to call me a social hermit. <laughs> um, <laughs> she used to always call me a social hermit. It's because they used to go out and do stuff, have fun, and I was always like, oh, no, nah, I've got, got this to do, got that to do, and I didn't really want to go along. But, but thanks for inviting me anyway, Ruth. Um, it, was, it was great. And things were going really, really well for me. Grew up in a Christian home. 
great Christian family, great Christian parents, went to church every week. I felt like I was right with God. But I'm going to be honest with you, at 17 years old, if I compared myself then to when I was like 20, something changed. Because instead of praising Jesus on a Sunday morning, all of a sudden I was resting a hangover. And when that happens, you've got to ask yourself, what's gone wrong here? And I realized that I fell. I, I realized that I ended up in a place where I didn't want to be. I did. I ended up in a place where I didn't want to be. And in hindsight, looking back, I realized that I slid. I did. And the reason for that, it wasn't really complicated. It's because I forgot my father's teachings. And I forgot to do the simple things, and I forgot to abide in his commandments. I just want to read to you a passage. Um, If we could get that slide up there, that would be awesome. And it's out of Proverbs. It's chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. And it says it here. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It's amazing. That and there's so much in it. Verse 1, do not forget my teaching. I forgot my father's teaching. I did. And there were consequences for that. And I've learned something. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how great your upbringing is. It doesn't matter how firm you think you are with God and how great everything's going. If you don't abide, you can slide. Okay? If you don't abide, you can slide. And the word abide simply means to act in accordance with. Okay? So in the Bible, the word abide comes up a lot, to act in accordance with. And Jesus said, abide in me, I'll abide in you. Abide in my commandments. Act in accordance with my commandments. He doesn't just chuck that stuff in there to annoy us. It's in there for a reason. It's in this for a reason. It wouldn't be in there if it wasn't to bless us, if it wasn't to make our life good and better. The stuff that is in here is in here for a reason. And I think that we can sometimes forget that as Christians. And sometimes for people who don't know God, they can kind of read this thing and think it's a bunch of rules. But I just want to tell you, if that's you today, it's not a bunch of rules in here. It's actually a bunch of instructions and things to help us because we have a loving Father who wants the best for us. Okay? So if you don't abide, you can slide. And, and I slid. I did because I stopped abiding. Can we just jump forward two slides? Because I just want to really emphasize this point here in verse 1. Because it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now, what makes it really hard to keep commandments and to continue to obey, even when it doesn't make sense, as a Christian, is if you're not truly in love with God. Okay? I read something awesome, and it was in a commentary of this, and it said, true love manifests itself as willing obedience. Okay, so I realized that one of the reasons why I found it so hard, when I was faced with a choice and it was in front of me, and I could either make a God choice 
do what was going to please God or I could do what I wanted to do. The reason I kept doing what I wanted to do was simply because I wasn't in love with God. And the reason I wasn't in love with him was because I didn't have revelation of what he'd done for me. When you have revelation of what Jesus has done for you, I tell you, it transforms you. And it's no longer a case of, oh man, I have to follow this, I have to do that. It's more like, I'm in love with you, God. I want to please you. I'm motivated. I want to please you, God, because I love you. But unfortunately, I didn't have that love for God. I knew of him, but I didn't really know him. And there's a massive difference. Okay? So... I realized that, and instead of making decisions based on my motivation to please God, because I, was, I wasn't motivated to please Him, I was making decisions based on a few other factors, and this is what I figured out. Number one thing was I was making decisions that were going to make me feel good, and the second thing was how quickly can I feel that way? So if you're not motivated to please God when choices are placed in front of you, when you've got to make a decision, you're going to be thinking, well, you could be thinking, how good is that thing going to make me feel and how quickly can I feel that way? And that is what we call instant gratification. So instead of making decisions to please God, I was making decisions for instant gratification. And the thing about instant gratification is it's a trap. Instant gratification leads to gradual entrapment. And I learned that very, very well. And Ben preached a great sermon once, and he says that when you kind of cross a line and you don't see any consequences, you just keep moving forward and there's no consequences, and then all of a sudden you're so far gone from where you were, you can't even like find your way back. You feel lost. Okay, so I was making decisions based on instant gratification, and it led to a place where I was really lost. I was. I felt really gone. I felt I was really lost. I was hurting people that I loved. I was saying stuff that wasn't me. Stuff was coming out of my mouth. And it was like, what am I? What's happened? What's changed? Um, I even, I was in a relationship with a girl for like three and a half years, and I thought she was the best thing in the world. But in hindsight, looking back, I realized that she probably maybe wasn't. And she didn't really love Jesus, so it was kind of like a bad decision that I made, but in the time, I didn't, I didn't realize that. And I was with this girl, and, and it broke up, and I was in utter despair. I was feeling hopeless. I was feeling terrible. But, man, i got to say, I'm so thankful for those feelings of despair that I felt. Because sometimes it's feelings of despair. Sometimes it's hard seasons that are a catalyst for the necessary change that we need. Okay, and Tim Keller, who's a great man, I love his books. If you haven't heard of him, just listen to his stuff. He's so wise, he's awesome. But he says, the worst thing that can happen to someone who is far from God is for them to be successful. Why? Because all that does is affirm them in their ways. And God loved me so much, he was not going to affirm me in my ways. He wasn't. He wasn't. No way. He was saying, mate, if you want to go that way, go on, do it. Try and do it without me. See what happens. So I felt lost. I felt gone. And it was because I was making all these decisions based on instant gratification, and it wasn't good for me. But I worked out that it doesn't matter how far gone you think you are, God always makes a way out for you. Always. Because he is that loving. He is so loving. 
and it's not too complicated. I think sometimes we get into this mindset where we need some big, amazing miracle just to change everything, just to completely change the whole situation. But God's a teacher, and he likes to teach us, and he likes to grow us, and sometimes it's the journey we can learn so much from it. And it was a journey for me. And the way forward for me was just one God choice at a time. One God choice at a time can change everything. Okay? Just one God choice at a time can completely change where you're at. And that's what happened to me. And for me, the first God choice that I had to make was just getting back to church. I just had to go back to church. And man, that was a barrier. Just going to church. And I I think when you're used to church and you're going every week, you kind of forget that there's some people out there, it's not that easy for them. It's hard. Just getting up and coming to church, God is like, woohoo. He's like, yes, I'm, I'm loving you for showing up. Even though you're going through that, even though you're facing those difficulties, just to come into church. So I think that's why it's so important that we're loving on everyone. Everyone who walks in those doors, everyone who comes through, we don't know where, where they're at, and we've just got to love them and love them and love them and keep them coming back. Um, so it's just a God choice, one God choice at a time. But I've also realized that there's a difference between God choices and good choices. So I, I need to explain this. So a God choice is a choice that is obedient to God. It's a choice that pleases Him, and it's a choice that aligns with what's in here. Okay? So I think sometimes we can, we can have an idea of what a, a good choice is. Have you ever made a choice, and you thought it was so good at the time, but then... You look back on it and you realize, oh, that wasn't actually as good as I thought it was. Has that ever happened to you? Man, it's happened to me. So there's a difference between good and God choices. So if, if we are not reading this thing, if we're not reading this thing and we're not taking it into us, and we're not spending deliberate time with God, and we're not praying, then stuff can come our way and we need to make decisions. We don't know what to do. And we can make decisions and we we can think they're good, but then in hindsight, we look back and we realize, oh, it wasn't good. That's why it's so important to be in the Word, to be present in it, to be reading it, because then when decisions come our way, we we can know that, oh, yeah, yeah, in the Bible, like, that happens. I'm close to God. I feel close to Him. I know what His purposes are for me. I know what to do. Because when you spend time with God, it's an intimate, personal relationship. And parts of him come onto you, and parts of you like imprint onto him. You're, you're one. And Jesus even said it. Jesus said, I'll come and I'll make a home in you. When you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. And they call the Holy Spirit even the spirit of truth, and it's in you. But you've got to spend time with God, and you've got to invest into that. Because if you're not, all of a sudden you're going to get confused, and you're not going to realize what you should be doing anymore. So we've got to make time as Christians to read this and to get this in it, in us. And that, this has even been a big wake-up call for me because I have some friends and they, they don't really know God and they ask me questions and I'm kind of sitting there thinking, oh man, I wish I read my Bible a bit more so I kind of knew how to answer this. Because this thing has the answers to everything in it. And I think as Christians we need to spend more time reading this thing. And maybe a little bit of... Ben's messages are amazing and you get so many great pastors who can just deliver amazing messages, but there's nothing better than just going into a room, getting this bad boy out, getting on your knees, praying, 
and reading it, taking it into you, it transforms you. It really, really does. So there's a difference between good choices and God choices. And there's a guy in the Bible, his name's Saul, right? And Saul, he was the king of Israel. And um, he made a, <laughs> he stuffed up a fair bit, Saul. Let's be honest, he did. He made a few bad decisions. And there's a story in the Bible where God asks Saul through the prophet Samuel, he says, I want you to go into this city and I want you to wipe out everyone, even the livestock, okay? Even the animals, like, wipe it all. And Saul's like, okay, so he goes in. But he's not completely and fully obedient to what God wants him to do. So he leaves some of the livestock alive. And they say that Saul was quite an insecure guy. Like, he feared man more than he feared God. And because of that, he was more concerned with pleasing man than he was with pleasing God. So when he's making these decisions that he wants these animals and all the livestock to be killed, you could just imagine the people. They've just gone in there. They're hungry. They're like, so why do, we have to, why do we have to kill all the livestock? Like, it doesn't make sense. Why would you want us to do this? It doesn't make sense. Like, come on, surely God didn't say that. And then you could also imagine after like a fight after a war, they're probably pretty hungry. And then they even say that, that it could have been a good idea to sacrifice some of the animals. Like, oh, we can even sacrifice some of the animals to God and he'll be happy. So God's happy, the people are happy, everyone's happy. And Saul, he's insecure, he's a people pleaser. He's like, okay, yep, sounds good. But it says that his decision to keep the livestock alive was counted as disobedience and utterly evil in the sight of God. And that's crazy. To Saul, he thought that was a good decision he was making, but it wasn't a God decision. And there is a difference. There's a big difference. Um, Can I jump to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 on the screens? So in verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. God's going to ask you to do some stuff sometimes and it's not going to make sense. But it also says in the Bible that his ways are above our ways. His thinking is above our thinking. He is just above us. And we honestly, I don't think we have the ability to comprehend some of the things of God. And he's not concerned with always explaining everything to us. He actually just wants us to be obedient towards him. And one of the reasons why we can be, even when it doesn't make sense, is because as Christians we know that he is good. And he is loving. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. His love for us is unconditional. He loves us. He is proud of us. He wants relationship with us. And when you come to understand that God is so good and God is so loving, that even when something comes up in your life and he he wants you to do something and it doesn't make sense, you'll be obedient anyway. Because you know that he is a loving father and he would never ask you to do anything that wasn't going to further the kingdom and be for your own betterment. Okay? So we got to remember that one. Do not lean on your own understanding, especially in this time and age. There's so much going on. There's a lot happening in politics and things like that. But as Christians, we've got to stand up for what this thing says. We really do. Because the lives of people depend on it, literally. Their eternities depend on it, and we've got to not lean on our own understandings, but just trust in God, because he loves us, and we can trust him, because he's a loving father. So, 
That's something that I had to, I had to learn. And I guess the next question is, well, if, if you fell before and you slid before, how do you know it won't happen again? And as a Christian, maybe sometimes, I'm not sure if you ever think about it, but what's going to prevent us from falling again? What's going to prevent us from sliding again? Like, could that happen to me again? But I've realized that the way to stay on track is just, like before, one God choice at a time. We don't need to just look too far ahead. Just focus on the next day. Focus on the day. You know, just focus on being obedient to what he wants from you. Just go to church every Sunday. Man, just go to church every Sunday. Even if you're not feeling it, just rock up. Just rock up. Get in the presence of God and let him just transform you. I mean, that's what he does. He's amazing. Little things like just going to church, joining a small group. Small groups are the best thing in the world. You know, Jesus said that he wanted us to be one like he is with the Father. That's, that's incredible. But how are we supposed to be one, a united church, if we're not coming together, if we're not supporting each other, if we're not loving on each other? Yeah. It's so important. And small groups are so important. And I tell you, if you're struggling, if you need help, join a small group. Yeah. You're going to get around people. They're going to support you. They're going to have your back. You're going to make a bunch of great friends. And better than all of that, you're going to grow in God and grow in your relationship with Him. And when you understand that He is all you need, when you understand that fundamentally in your heart, it changes everything. So get into a small group. Join a small group. Just little God choices like that. I, um, I like to think of, and I might get Riley up here on the keys, I like to think of it like this. Our journey with God is kind of like riding a bike. It's kind of like cycling. And every push of the pedal is a God choice that we make that takes us further in the purposes and the things that he has for us. So what happens when you stop pushing the pedal? What happens when you stop making God choices? Well, I guess you're going to slowly lose momentum. You won't stop straight away, but you'll slowly lose momentum, okay? And it'll happen gradually. And then eventually, you'll lose all momentum and you'll stop. And once you stop... You fall, okay? You can fall off the bike. And then, if the good thing is, then you can say, God, help me. And he will come, he will lift you back up, and he will place you back on that bike, and he will say, go for it, man. Go for it. Keep on riding. Keep going. So then you can make a God choice again. Push the pedal. Start moving forward. And the first push of the pedal is always the hardest because you've got no momentum. Okay, so if you're lost and you're coming back, the first push of the pedal is always the hardest one. The first God choice is always the hardest because you're making new habits. Okay, you're coming back to God and it can be difficult. There can be some stuff that you're trying to overcome. But once you push that pedal and then once you make another God choice, you push it again, make another God choice, you push it again. All of a sudden you start to build momentum. Okay, you start to build momentum. You're moving quicker. And that's not all that's happening. You're building your muscles. You're building your leg muscles. You're getting stronger. You're stronger than you were before because you're working the muscles. You're building your heart. You're building your aerobic capacity. Okay, you're building your muscular endurance. 
Every push of that pedal is making you stronger. Every God choice you make is making you stronger. Don't think like rocking up to church every week is just such a little thing if you're finding it really difficult. It isn't. You're getting stronger by doing it. You're growing closer to God. Okay, and this is a journey. And some people, like, I don't know if you know Corey Turner. He's got huge, big leg muscles. He's been doing this for ages. It's, like, easy for him. But look at me. Look at these things. I, it, isn't, it isn't always really easy. Sometimes it's hard. Okay, sometimes it is hard, but we just got to keep on making God choices. And sometimes trials and tribulations will come your way. That is in the Bible. It doesn't matter how perfect you are as a Christian. You can be making all the right choices, and yet still... Things can go a little bit south. Things can get a little bit hard. Paul, I love Paul, because this guy, he had a rough life. Man, he was like stoned. Everyone hated him. He was, <laughs> he was shipwrecked. Poor Paul. Man, are we willing as Christians to live the life that Paul lives? Are we? I don't know. But he lived a really, really, really hard life, and he counted it all as joy. He's like, I love Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I just love it. I love getting stoned for you. I love getting persecuted for you. You're the best. Man, I want some of what so, what, so, what Paul's got. It's awesome. It is so awesome. And trials and tribulations can come. doesn't matter how obedient you're being. But a trial and a tribulation is kind of like a hill and you're on that bike. And like the God choices on the flat, flat plains, they can be easy. Okay, you get to a hill, you get to a hard season, all of a sudden, it's a bit harder making a God choice. It's a little bit harder pushing that pedal going up a slope, isn't it? It's harder. It is. But you've got to keep making those God choices because sooner or later, you're going to get to the peak. You're going to hit the top and you're going to come down the other side. And making God choices in hard seasons is one of the best things you can do because it trains you and makes you more stronger than ever. You're going to build your muscles. You're going to get stronger in a God season I mean, in a hard season, in a rough season, than any other type of season. You will be grown. God will grow you closer to Him. He will build your capacity. All different things will happen, but you've got to keep on making God choices, even in hard seasons. Because you don't want to fall off the bike when you're halfway up a hill. It's hard to get back on. Just God choice after God choice after God choice will move us forward. Will move us forward. How about everyone just stands for a moment? I know I didn't say it, but the title of this sermon was The Power of God Choices. Um, Our God is a powerful God, is a loving God. And every God choice that we make, there's power in it. And it can change everything, it really can. And for me... The hardest God choice that I had to make was deciding to go along to a camp, youth and young adults camp. And um, oh, it was really hard. It was like a barrier. And I knew I had to do it. God had put it on my heart. And it made me feel so uncomfortable. And because it made me feel so uncomfortable, and just the thought of it made me feel nervous, it made me feel anxious, I thought that surely this can't be coming from God. Surely this can't be coming from God. If it's making me feel so uncomfortable, how can that be coming from God? But then I realized something really important. God is more concerned with our holiness and righteousness than he is with how comfortable we are. 
And we've got we to learn that and we've got to understand it. Some of the biggest God choices I've made have been when I felt most uncomfortable. I walked into that camp having no idea what to do with my life. I walked into that camp bit of a loner, bit of a social hermit, right? I didn't have, a, I didn't have, heap, I didn't have many friends and I hardly knew anyone at the church. I, I felt far from God. I still didn't feel in right standing with him. But man, I came away from that camp completely changed by the grace of God. One God choice that I made, I decided I'm going to go to this thing. Even though it's making me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to go. And he did amazing things in me that I could have never, ever, ever imagined. I could have never imagined it. I walked away from that place with a bunch of amazing friends, amazing support. I walked away from that place feeling closer to God than I've ever felt in my whole entire life. I walked away from that camp knowing that he loves me more than I could ever possibly know or imagine. And all he wants is the best for me. And all he wants is the best for you. I walked away from that place with some revelation that I'd never had before. And I walked away from that camp with purpose for my life. God spoke to me so clearly and he told me what the purpose of my life is. If we don't spend time with our creator, if we don't spend time with God, it's really hard to know what our purpose is because he is our creator. He created us. We are his creation. Therefore, he is the only one who knows what we are created for. If you don't know God, it's very hard to know what you're created for because he created you. So it's only by spending time with him that he's going to reveal those things to you. And I'm just so happy that I made that God choice. And, and now I just want to give people an opportunity. And now it may not be like you're totally lost and, and you feel like you're super far far from God and you're in that place. It could just be that you feel like you're in a good place, but there is something that God's been kind of knocking on the door asking you to do. And it is a God thing, but it makes you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to do it. But if it's a God thing and he wants you to do it, it's not going to stop. He's just going to keep asking. He's going to say, come on, you can do this. You can do this. He's going to help. He's never going to ask us to do anything we cannot do. He never will. I think it's in 1 Corinthians It says that no temptation, nothing will come our way that he hasn't given us everything we need to overcome it. He has given you everything you need. He has. Everything you need to make the choice, the God choice, you have it. It's in you. And if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, God is inside of you. It's who you are. It is who you are. So if everyone would like to close their eyes for a second, I just want to pray for some people. The first group of people I want to pray for is those that feel as though they're not in right standing with God for some reason. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe you're like me. You you felt you were close to God, but then you made a bunch of decisions, maybe based on instant gratification. I don't know. And now you feel far from Him. I want to pray for you. If you feel as though you need to start making some God choices to get back on track, How about you just raise your hand? Awesome. So so raise your hand if that's you. Just raise it up. Dear God, I pray that you will just invade these people right now. I pray that they will feel your presence and your goodness stronger than they have ever felt it before. 
I pray that you give them the courage to make the God choices that they need to make to take them to the place you want them to be. You're an amazing God and you love them and I pray that they know how much they are loved in you. You love them so much, God, and I pray that you give them strength. I pray against any fear that is in them, that is stopping them from making the God choices that they need to make. God, I pray that they have greater revelation of who you are. I pray that they come to understand so deeply just what you did for them by sending Jesus to die for them on the cross. And I pray that they are now motivated to please you because of how much they love them, because you love them first. Now I want to pray for another group of people. And these are people who, who maybe there's been something that you know you've got to do, but for some reason you just haven't been able to do it. Something's been holding you back. You know there's a God choice that you've got to make. You know there's a, a decision that you have to make, and you know it's from God. You know it is, because when you spend time with Him, it's one of the things that seems to pop up in your mind. I want to pray for those people. I want to pray, God, that they have the courage to make that decision. So if that's you, if you know that there's a decision you have to make, there's a God choice that you have to make, that's going to lead, it's going to lead to great things. It is. Remember, every single thing that he places on our hearts... If it's a God choice, it's going to further his kingdom and it's going to be for your own good. So if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will well up in them. The Holy Spirit is already in us because it's given to us as followers of you. I pray that it wells up in them and it bursts out of them and I just pray that they are overcome with your presence. I pray that they are overcome with your love. God, I pray that they are motivated to please you in everything they do and they're not worried about what people think. They're not worried about what man thinks. They're worried about what you think because, because they love you, God, because you love them. Lord, give them the strength they need to make the decisions that they have to make. Lord, give them the strength. It can only come from you. You are an amazing God. You are a good, good Father. That's who you are. You're amazing, Lord. How about let's praise, let's worship, let's go into a song, and let's just be reminded of everything that God has done for us. Let's be reminded that it doesn't matter how, how bad things can seem, it doesn't matter how many bad choices we make or bad decisions we make, God is always there to pick us back up because He loves us. And there's always going to be opportunities to make God choices. That's what He's like. It's not like you get one choice and that's it. He will give you more opportunities. He will. He will continue to draw you closer to Him. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.